Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Well, we are finally here. We have finally made it to Thursday, which is probably the only day that really matters this entire week. We've tried to make it work. I've done my best here on the Markets and Mortgages podcast. And I, of course, am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. We've made it work, but let's not kid ourselves. The only really big report this week is coming out this morning at 8.30. It is the Consumer Price Index. It's going to give us some inflation data to end 2023. And really, it's anybody's guess. Now, I have my predictions. We're going to get to that here in a second. Uh, but like I said, let's let's we can be honest here. We've really just all been kind of waiting for what this report is going to say. Um, you know, we've had some consumer inflation expectations. We talked about that earlier in the week. We've had some housing data from CoreLogic. We're going to talk about mortgage demand. We got that yesterday, but there's no doubt that everyone has been waiting for what is going to happen at 8.30, and that is the Consumer Price Index. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to do a little speculation on what could possibly happen. And mind you, this is my completely, I wouldn't say uninformed, but semi-informed opinion. No one really knows what's going to happen. Well, I'm sure some people do. The people compiling the report know what's going to happen <laughs> but us us regular folk we do not know what's going to be happening so here is what is expected we got the consumer price index once again out at 8 30 and they are projecting the economists are projecting a rise in prices 0.2 percent month over month so they're expecting prices to be up 0.2 percent in december which is actually going to increase the year over year number by one-tenth of a percent. So 3.2% up from 3.1% the prior month in November. Now, here's the good news. Even though the top-line number, now the top-line number includes everything. However, because it does include food and energy, which are volatile items, the number that really matters is core CPI. And core CPI is also supposed to be up about 0.2%, but the annualized number, the year-over-year number, is supposed to fall to 3.8% from 4% in November. So the only way that we are going to see a big movement in rates today, I mean, if the number hits, if, if they hit the nail on the head, the market's probably priced in what they are expecting. So a little increased top line number drop in the core number. If we see any number that misses, and even a small miss in all honesty, will probably cause some of this pent up demand or lack thereof <laughs> um, with regards to bonds, it's going to move rates. And so... If we see a number that comes in less, like let's say core PCE is hotter than expected, stays at 4%, that's going to be bad for rates. Uh, however, if we see that top line number fall, let's say to 3%, doesn't rise, 
not only doesn't stay the same, it actually falls, we're going to see a drop in rates. And so all eyes are on CPI this morning. And so everyone's been asking me, what do I think is going to happen? And so, like I said, my semi-informed opinion, here's what I think. So I was looking at kind of what everyone was talking about on Wednesday. And there were two things that kind of jumped out at me. So one of them was early yesterday morning, like 6 a.m., Wall Street Journal, Justin LaHart has a piece about shelter costs and how they continue to remain sticky. And it's something we've talked about many a times here on the podcast. Very, I mean, this number is, first of all, it reached levels we've never seen before. You know, I think it got up to like 9% at one point. I could be wrong. It got up high. It was like 7, 8%, somewhere around there. I'm sorry, 8 or 9% when it peaked. And that's never seen that in the history of them calculating shelter costs, or at least releasing that information (laughs) and breaking it down. And so we saw it, I mean, I think the highest ever before was like three or four. And so we doubled that. And then all of a sudden, prices started to at least slow in everything except for shelter costs. And so I saw this report and they made the argument that I've seen other people make. I've seen Paul Krugman make this argument. I've seen others make this argument. They say, okay, well, if you take the core PCE, or excuse me, CPI, PCE, of course, is the the measure that the Fed looks at. That's the number that they really care about. But consumers and the media kind of goes nuts about CPI. They're like, if you remove food, energy, and shelter costs, inflation's pretty much at 2%. And everyone makes fun of them because it's like, all right, so you're taking out the items that most consumers deal with on a daily basis. You know, think about it. What what are the biggest costs for consumers? One, it's your housing costs. So it's shelter costs. And then every day you're probably buying food. And then once a week you're buying gas. And so they're like, okay, well, if you take all of those out, we're actually at 2%. And so they're trying to make this argument that like, well, actually we are, we've, we've defeated inflation and we are at 2%. The problem is, is that shelter costs matter. They matter a lot. In fact, I think they're like a third of CPI. I mean, they're a big, big component. And the fact that, that number is remaining as sticky as it is, it's a problem for both the core number and the top line number. So here's what I thought was interesting. So Justin Lahart has this piece talking about how sticky shelter costs are. And I thought, okay, maybe he's kind of setting this narrative that, you know, even if the number increases, once again, it's all because of shelter costs, because as we've talked about here on the program, everyone who thought home prices were going to collapse in 2023, it didn't happen. We did not get a housing crash, even though people have been predicting it for, well, I mean, some people have been projecting it since like 2012, but a lot of people when COVID hit thought, okay, here comes the housing crash. Didn't happen in 2020, 21, 22, or 23. And a lot of those people have now finally shut up and they still have an audience (laughs) they've been wrong for like four years but they still have a very large audience much larger than the audience that i have and yeah a little jealous not gonna lie (laughs) doesn't doesn't stop me 
from pointing out how how wrong they have been. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing that. But we didn't get the housing crash, and so housing costs aren't falling anywhere near the level that many thought. I mean, even economists thought that we would see at least some downward movement. And instead, housing prices are actually going to end the year up. They're going to end the year in the green. They're going to be positive. And so that means that shelter costs are going to remain elevated. And so what was interesting about uh, um, Justin LaHart's piece is he was sort of explaining that, oh, well, you know, there are different metrics in which it's it's measured. And one of the problems is, you know, they're looking at year over year and they're taking the whole year into account. And that maybe right now, uh, you know, we've seen rent prices fall a little bit. We maybe we're seeing a little bit of dip in housing because of the slow time that always happens in real estate in December and January. And so that number is not being calculated properly because of the lag factor of, you know, the the shelter costs from earlier this year, middle of the year, summer, you know, late summer, early fall. And so I looked at that and I said, hmm, that was interesting. And then we had the New York Fed president. And I want to say, it's funny because his name is John Williams. And I wanted to double check that because I was thinking like, is it John Williams? <laughs> like the composer? <laughs> I just wanted to double check that. And it is. Now he is actually on the FOMC board. He's actually the vice chair. Not only on it, he's the vice chair. And he had some remarks yesterday talking about inflation. And his argument was kind of similar to Justin LaHart's. And what he was saying is, is that they've done, them being the Fed, a tremendous job of pulling back inflation. I mean, inflation now is a little bit over 3%. At one point, we were approaching 10%. And so we are down significantly. There's no doubt about that. We've seen drops in every other category except for shelter. And so he's like, you know, first, the argument that he makes in his remarks is it's like an onion. You have the first layer, which was problems with the supply chain, you know, global issues, the war in Ukraine, other issues that were happening because of COVID that they've taken care of. And he's like the second layer. And I want to make sure, let let me make sure. I think he's talking about... That is core goods. That's everything excluding, once again, energy and food. And he goes, we've done a good job with that, except for shelter costs. <laughs> and then he says, now we're working on that third layer. And he says, that is core services. Inflation has come down after peaking earlier this year, saying, quote, one factor contributing to this slowing is shelter inflation as the growth for rents for newly signed leases returns to pre-pandemic norms and the inflation rate for core services, excluding housing, also has slowed considerably. Now, he goes on to say that they're probably going to have to keep, you know, rates higher than maybe they originally thought, but they're making progress. And so I, th- I saw Lahart's piece. Then I saw the remarks from John Williams, and it made me think that they both kind of had the same message, which is we're making progress, but we're not there yet. And, you know, Williams even says that looking sort of like looking forward. He says, if we put all these pieces together, the data indicates that we are clearly moving in the right direction. However, we still are ways from our price stability goal. I expect 
we will need to maintain a restrictive stance of policy for some time to fully achieve our goals. And it will only be appropriate to dial back the degree of policy restraint when we are confident that inflation is moving towards 2% on a sustained basis. And so once again, my semi informed opinion is, is that this number could be a little higher than they're expecting. Cause that seems to be, you got John Williams, you got Justin LaHart. It seems like maybe they're preparing people for a slightly hotter number than expected. So if somebody came to me and said, Hey, listen, you have a, we're going to put money down on, on a bet, no risk to you. So therefore you got to make the bet. What do you think is going to happen today? I would say, I think we might see a hotter number. I don't know if it's going to be the top line number. I don't know if it's going to be the core number, both. I don't know, but I feel like they're setting the groundwork for, hey, we're making progress, but we're not there yet. And a lot of it has to do with what is happening with shelter costs that we're going to see a hotter number. And they're kind of preparing people for this reality. And so once again, semi-informed opinion, <laughs> I think we could see a slightly hotter number, which would mean rates might move upward. But once again, that's my semi-informed. I've not seen the data. No one has. None of us plebs have. So we will see. But that's my projection for what could happen today. I think we might get a slightly hotter number. Now, I will say, I've already been wrong this week where I didn't think we were going to see any movement in the 10 year. And while we technically haven't like the whole week, like it's, it's pretty much remained right around 4% the 10 year. Um, we saw some crazy movement on Monday after that consumer inflation report came out. It was it like, it shot way down, it shot way up, then shot down. And it was just kind of, it was like a roller coaster. So I was wrong that we weren't going to see big rate movements. We, we did. I mean, it ended up kind of evening out, but, I've already been wrong this week, but I'm feeling like we're going to get a slightly hotter number and we will find out soon enough and we will talk about it on Friday's show. <laughs> How brilliant my analysis was or wow, I really missed the mark on that. So once again, top line number 3.2, slight increase, core number 3.8, slight decrease both month over month. 0.2%. So we will see what will happen. All right, before we go, I do want to talk about mortgage demand. We got some just fantastic mortgage demand data. So we ended the year, you know, we had that two weeks off and then we got the last report for the ending of 2023 and we saw mortgage demand drop off. And it was disappointing because the trend line has been for the last, since middle of October, uh, rates have been falling and demand has been increasing. And it looked like that we had bottomed around mid-October. And then we got the, the last week of December was, was not good. And so how do we start 2024? Here's the good news. It was a good week. It was a good week last week. Mortgage demand 
jumped almost 10%, 9.9% to start 2024. And it's what's funny, that was the biggest jump since the start of 2023. So clearly there is something, <laughs> which makes sense, right? The la- Who's buying a house the last week of December, right? Like not a lot of people. And so you're always going to see a big jump between December and January. So 9.9% jump uh, week over week. Purchase demand jumped up 5.6%. It is now close to where it has been the last couple of weeks, which is a five-month high. Uh, Refinance demand skyrocketed. Even, I mean, it jumped almost 20%, 18.8%. It is now close to an eight-month high. And so... What's good about this is that we saw mortgage demand trending upward and in last week was just sort of an anomaly was just sort of a a number that you could throw out. If you were looking sort of trend lines, you'd have like kind of a weird week. That's a number you would just throw out. If you look at the, if you draw on a straight line, we're back to continuing on an upward trajectory. And what's weird about that is that this happened as mortgage rates fell or excuse me, increased the average contract interest rate for your 30-year fixed rate mortgage, according to, once again, the weekly survey for the Mortgage Bankers Association, increased to 6.81% for the week ending January the 5th. That's up five basis points from the prior week and is the second straight week that we have seen an increase. The average contract interest rate for a 15-year fixed rate mortgage jumped 15 basis points to 6.41%. So, I mean, what's kind of fascinating is the 30-year and the 15-year are only 40 basis points apart. I mean, that's that's quite the swing <laughs> where they're, they're within half a point. Um, you just don't see that very often. Uh, Joel Kahn, the NBA deputy chief economist, noted that the jump has probably more to do with just sort of catch-up activity than anything happening with consumer sentiment, saying in the press release, quote, the increase in purchase and refinance applications for both conventional and government loans is promising to start the year, but was likely due to some catch up in activity after the holiday season and year end rate declines. So really what's good about this report is we have returned to that trend line of mortgage demand rising and rates, well, rates did increase. <laughs> but overall, compared to the point where we thought we were going to hit 8%, we are clearly below that number. So sure, rates have increased a little bit, but mortgage demand continues back on its upward trajectory. So that's, that's the good news. And that was really all we got yesterday. There was, there was no other reports. <laughs> it was mortgage demand at 7 o'clock in the morning and then nothing else. So I'm not just going to keep babbling on. The reality is, big report today, CPI, once again, slight increase, top line number, 3.2%. Core number supposed to fall to 3.8%. And my projection, my semi-informed complete guess. I'm just going off of sort of the sentiment that I saw in the Williams remarks and the uh, Justin LaHart piece. I'm thinking 
they're preparing us for maybe a slightly hotter number. So we will see very soon how smart I actually am. And it's probably never a good idea to bet on how smart I am. (laughs) That's probably a losing proposition. But we will talk again on Friday show to see if my projection was spot on or (laughs) if man, I, I really called that incorrectly. So we will see very soon. We'll talk about it on Friday's show. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We will talk to you tomorrow for the last markets and mortgages of the week. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.